Hello and welcome to the True Blue LA podcast. Eric, if you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. <laughs> there you go. I'm like a seal on command. <laughs> <laughs> and I am happy because you and I have today's episode, I think is going to be great. I think next week's episode is going to be great. I it's They're going to have to be great because this is the first time we've planned this far ahead uh, during uh, no baseball season. And... I'm looking forward to having something kind of a little less aimless uh, to, to talk about. That's true. I know, and I know we've already planned out next week, and we've exchanged several texts on it. And for the life of me, at this very moment, I don't remember what that is. Oh, uh, well, we'll, we'll talk. Anything, we'll talk but... about it because it's going to be yeah. good. It, it involves okay. your favorite baseball movie. Mm, so I'll let you think about that over the break. We're, you and I are going to be talking about our earliest baseball memories, specifically the first games we can remember attending. You've got a Dodgers Rewind. We have five questions from Craig. We're going to do all of that after this message. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too it's a thing and now the truth is out there i can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus so i don't know about you and I know you have a very specific game that you're going to be talking about, but I, for the first literally decade of going to baseball games from the age of four-ish uh, to right around when I was a teenager, baseball games, it wasn't, it wasn't like I was following the Dodgers or really even following the, the current season. It was a much more atmospheric experience of Dodger dogs and candy and souvenirs and and celebrating when a home run was hit and and maybe I you know two or three players on the teams I would I would kind of know their names because I'd hear them on the news or hear kind of adults talking about it but it wasn't it wasn't the same experience as following a baseball team yeah I was I was kind of the same in, in a little bit except that 
I was like sort of indoctrinated into the Dodgers. Like my brothers, my uncles, they're all Dodger fans. Now, growing up, we had Dodgers and Angels games on TV, but it, obviously it wasn't like it was today. It was occasional games on TV, you know, and then there's NBC Game of the Week, so there's a lot more. You knew a lot, some of the national stars based on just that. Um, so my thought on this was I, ideally it would be what's the first baseball game you can remember um, but that's not clear for everybody because I know the game in question. I know I've been to games before that. I have no idea what those games are. Like so, yeah. it, it morphs into like, what's your base, best baseball memory? So, uh, just for the pre the preamble to this, I would say '85 was the first year I started following full time, uh, and I was like fully into the Dodgers by then. I was age nine. I watched like midway through '84, but like sort of loosely, you know, and I remember watching the World Series in 84. That's like the first World Series I can remember. Um, so I know I've been to games before that, though. Like, I would say earliest at least was six and maybe seven and th- those ages uh, went to games. But, like, it was also two hours away, and that seemed like a, an eternity, like, back then when I was a kid. So it seemed like it might as well have been, like, another planet away. But um I just remember there was one like relatively large family outing we had at a game once and I was with my cousin and when we were together we like goofed around a lot we were maybe six or seven at this point I'm pretty sure we spent almost the entire game uh making jokes about how um somehow the the Dodger Stadium toilet system was connected to second base and every time a player would get to second base, the toilet would explode. And, like, we were just cracking ourselves up because we made the best joke in the history of the world. And I have no idea who the Dodgers played that day. I have no idea when, what year it was. Um, but, yeah, that's sort of, my, I guess, my earliest memory. But, like, it's so vague. Like, it, I don't even know if it actually happened. So, like, we, the specific stuff, I do know what happened. That's what we're going to sort of dig into today. Yeah, so I I have a very specific memory of going to a Dodger game when I it would have been either the it was probably 1991 season. Oh. I think there's a possibility it was 90, but like the end of 90, but I think it was more likely to be 91. And I I I remember it's like flashes. I remember I remember the parking lot, which is very funny and very on brand for for a Dodger Stadium game. Mm-hmm. And I remember going with they were friends of my parents, so they were my, my parents' age, and just not knowing people, but in general, just the 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 excitement of a night baseball game, and just oh, and I remember yeah. it was it's a very happy memory, even though I don't have a lot of specifics to it. Um, and then, do you want you want me to do my games first? Yeah, I think I, I think you should do yours first. But just before that, I want to say we're going to put this in the notes, but I like uh, the listeners to share. Uh, their own uh, first baseball memory, like the first game you could remember attending. Um, it, like I said, it doesn't have to be the, ex- the very first game because you might not be able to remember that. Just the first one you can fully remember. Uh, so tweet at us uh, or uh, throw it in the comments of the post on True Blue LA. But yeah, looking forward to hearing from everyone on this. So uh, so that's I have four answers to this. The first one is Vague Game in 91. The second is the first... I have two series that i know i was at this particular series wait but before we get to the series i want to ask oh. it, it uh the vague one do you remember like would would this have been like summer because there was no school that's why you went to a night game and or not like, not necessarily I see. Um, okay because you were relatively close right like 
close enough to go to a game and not get home at like 2 a.m. or something. Yeah, and, and yeah. it could have been a Friday game um, gotcha. is yeah. the other reason why. I, I'm not entirely sure. So the first series I know I attended is not a Dodger game. It oh. was a uh, – I we were vacationing, and I, I know the exact week or week, week or two because um, I remember being in a hotel in the Grand Canyon oh. uh, for my – would have been 12th birthday and getting Yoshi's Yoshi's World N64 video game which Man. came out in 1997 so this would have been 1998 uh-huh. uh, at Bob the inaugural season for the Diamondbacks I, I I I didn't realize until I was looking back that it, that was the case yep I thought it might have been in 99 but I know it wasn't uh, one because of the video game and two because for whatever reason I remember they were playing the Giants, and the only reason I remember they were playing the Giants is I was fascinated by the name J.T. Snow. Huh. I have no idea why the name J.T. Snow was so fascinating to me. So I believe that was, uh, uh, looking at this, April, and it would have been the second series, the second series ever for the Arizona Diamondbacks. I'm wow. pretty sure I attended. I'm pretty sure the Diamondbacks lost. So uh, April 3rd or April 4th of 98 would have been the, the games we went to. And maybe That's, maybe if my parents were listening to this, they'll clue me in and they remember something specific. Maybe you like slick fielding uh, first baseman, that that was your thing. <laughs> I think it was just more like initials and snow was like, sure. oh, that's kind of a weird weird last name. Wait, was, was this, oh man, had <laughs> had snow released in former yet? <laughs> I was, was snow fresh in your mind? <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. Um so the so moving on the first Dodgers series I remember attending was not a regular season game it was a two game exhibition series where the Yankees visited Dodger Stadium and this is specific one I'm pretty sure the first game I ever attended at the field level and two about four seats down from my family was a drunk guy uh who's the best uh insult he could muster was jeter's a peter which uh, (laughs) he he which he mustered about every five minutes he would just kind of mutter to himself jeter's peter and laugh to himself and that has stuck in both my my brother and i's memory for a very long time so when you met when you mentioned exhibition series like uh i didn't know which one it was gonna be but i figured it had to be what the there was like a few years in the in the early Fox ownership where they ditched the freeway series for a couple of years. And then everyone's like, Hey, why, do, why are you doing that? This is not cool. And, uh, so the, the, I'm, I'm pretty sure this had to fall in that, that range, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So the first game I can actually, I can attest to being in attendance was May 22nd, 1999. Uh, and I give you a hint uh, before we went on air, Eric, that to look up this game, I had to Google Dodger Stadium rare feats. So the things I thought of uh, were um, Chanho Park and Fernando Tatis, but the anniversary for that was this week because people were tweeting about it. So it's not that, and I thought maybe it was a triple play, but it's not that. But May twenty second, ninety nine, for the life of me, I, I oh no i don't yeah i i can't i i can't really think of what it would be i i'll give you one more hint the visiting yeah. team was the st louis cardinals <sighs> oh and that is a big hint mcguire hitting it out of the stadium that's it wow 
And I, I don't, because I didn't, again, I wasn't quite, a, certainly, like, I was a baseball appreciator. I appreciated going to a baseball game, but I wasn't a baseball fan. Certainly not a, a, a true Dodgers fan at that point. So I didn't understand why. It's a home run. Of course it left the park. That's what home runs are. Um, but my, my parents do remember that and do remember how special it was and how big of a home run it was. Uh, so they, as I became a baseball fan and a Dodgers fan, they reminded me of that we were at that game. So I, I like how he and Sosa like tapered off in 99. Like he only had 65 home runs and Sosa <laughs> had 63. And that was a down year. Um, just for sake of completeness, um, Informer came out in 1992. I am old. This is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I was six, so right, not not the top of memory. You, you weren't uh, first in line to get the snow <laughs> single at the time. <laughs> I guess CDs. It would be CD at that point, but and yeah. So and then it was really from about 2001 ish through 2004 that I started because my my family largely uh, is more of in that appreciating the atmospheric case that's largely changed because of my brother and I becoming such big sports fans but you know we would watch the Pacers games when they were in the playoffs we'd watch March Madness we'd watch the Super Bowl but we didn't really no one really followed certainly professional sports I think my parents were both kind of a little more interested in in Purdue athletics Um, Mm. God bless them uh, but really, over that series, my brother and I became big sports fans, and it was the um, uh, 2003 and 2000, 2003 offseason and the 2004 um, trade deadline when they got Steve Finley and were maybe going to get Randy Johnson that I remember kind of realizing uh, like how engaged I had become over the last year and a half uh, to be a sports fan, which I found kind of odd because I was sort of a nominal nerd and geek up until that point, and oh, nerds don't do this. And then you figure out that no, a bunch of nerds do. Yeah, that's like right on time for that uh, sort of to take hold. Uh, So when you're like, and your parents especially following Purdue, this is like, uh, for you at least, and that it's like prime Drew Brees years, right? Mm Mm-hmm, absolutely. Yeah, okay. And so I I was a a loosely followed uh, UCLA because it's where, where my mom was working. So I had an affinity for UCLA, but I refused to call myself a UCLA fan unless I actually attended there. So I eventually did get to do that for the, the Ben Howland years, uh, but uh, ain't been much to write home about being a, a Bruin fan since then, I unless you're really in the water polo. In the 90s, there was a period where I think UCLA beat USC like eight straight years or something ridiculous, or it wasn't, it was something bad. Like it was, uh, and I just remember being really down and then like, oh, they hired Pete Carroll. Who's, why are they hiring this <laughs> retread? Whatever. Anyway. Um, uh, so that's, that's your game. Nice. Yeah. That was a pretty good uh, one. Did, actually, did the Dodgers win that game or no? They did. 10 to 7. Nice. Select best. So what's your uh, game? All right. So mine, uh. I, I swear, I wish I still, I mean, there's no way they'd fit, obviously, but I wish I still had these, but it was sock day at Dodger Stadium, um, <laughs> September 7th, 1985. Um, I went with both of my brothers, Greg and Kelly. It was just the three of us. Um, and I remember we went to Tommy's beforehand to eat and then like drove to the stadium. And I, I don't like chili on hamburgers, so 
I've never been a big Tommy's person, but like I was nine, I didn't know any better at, or anything at the time. So like whatever. And plus I was obviously wasn't driving. And, and I don't think I even had an opinion on Tommy's at that point. I just, Hey, we're, we're I'm going with my brothers. This is cool. So, um, we, I guess we ate the food there and my brother, Greg, uh, I think took a Coke can, uh, from Tommy's was like either, I forget. I don't know if he was drinking it in the car or if he had it in like a bag in the car. And then he was like drinking it in the parking lot at Dodger stadium. Uh, once we got there, like walking to the, um, um, the stadium. And I just remember too, like the, the, the parking lot at Dodger stadium when you're little, like it's the biggest thing in the world. And like you, you park like, mm-hmm. at, you know, at times we had parked cause like my, my dad was always like this and my brother sort of inherited it where you have to be the first one out. You got to have a plan. You got to, you know, and <laughs> so they try to park like far away, but it's like easier to get out of. So there's a lot of like walking to get there. And when you're literally, it's like, Oh, this is, <laughs> I can't even see the stadium from here. This is crazy. But anyway, so as we're walking to the stadium, um, I guess there was a bee on the Coke can and my brother went to take a drink and got stung on the lip by a bee. And I was laughing so hard and, and like, uh, it was really funny. He, I, he wasn't allergic or anything, so no big deal. Um, I was looking this up. This is a Saturday day game. Um, I'm pretty sure it was the NBC game of the week. Uh, the, uh, the, the night before, um, was, I wish I would have went to this game cause it was sweet. Uh, it was Fernando Valenzuela, um, like, you know, pretty, I mean, not 81, but like peak, like pretty still elite uh, Fernando Valenzuela against Dwight Gooden at the peak of his powers. And um, they, they battled, um, uh, it was a 13 inning game. It was scoreless until the 13th. Dwight Gooden went nine scoreless innings, 10 strikeouts. Fernando went 11 scoreless. <laughs> and uh, so he was followed by Tom Needenfewer who pitched two innings and then he gave up a, a ground rule double, a two run ground rule double to Daryl strawberry in the 13th and the Dodgers lost two nothing. So obviously like 1985, Tom Needenfewer known for giving up the two back to back home runs game five, game six to lose the walk off to Ozzie Smith, who had never homered left-handed in St. Louis. And then the three run shot to Jack Clark in a game where Needenfewer was in the game for so long that he actually struck Jack Clark out when he first came in in the game. So just closers were used different back then. But so I was looking at this like his September is nuts. Like that season was like a I think they started a little late. Plus um, in like August at some point there was a labor strike uh, in baseball, but it was like a two day labor strike. So they and they I think they tacked on a few double headers in September to like make up those games. And so as a result, like the Dodgers, the, the season didn't end until October 6th, which is pretty late. And the Dodgers end up playing 36 days in quote unquote September. Um, so in, or I'm sorry, in 36 days, not 36 games, but um, he, Needn Fewer pitched 17 times in 36 days, like in the final month. So he was gassed, man. I, I looked up his numbers on fan graphs because you could get the peripheral stuff. Uh, so before September, 185 ERA, 161 FIP. His strikeout rate was like 27%. He had three three blown saves before September. In September, he had three blown saves alone, and he lost four other games. Um, he had a 570 ERA, a 429 FIP. His strikeout rate plummeted to 18%. So 
this this um, loss on Friday, he would end up like, um, I think he he like lost, or blew a save his next two times out, and like I so I just remember the two October things that man that was it was like a a month long preview of what was going to happen in October and nobody really realized it at the time, but back to the Saturday game, um, so uh, the Dodgers led six four going into the eighth. Needing fewer pitched again, um, right after um, you know pitching two innings the night before, he pitched two innings again on Saturday. He allowed a run in the eighth and a run in the ninth. A strawberry uh, solo home run in the ninth got him to tie it. But then in the ninth, uh, Franklin Stubbs uh, hit a one out single. Uh, Jose Gonzalez um, he pinch ran and stole second. Uh, that was his second major league game and his first steal. And then. Um, Ken Lander was intentionally walked. Uh, he was a lefty, and they had a, r- a righty pitcher on the mound to face uh, Mike Marshall, and he singled home Gonzalez, and the Dodgers went in walk-off fashion. And so, like, you know, it was a pretty exciting game. I obviously wasn't paying attention to probably all the details. Like, not, you know, I didn't really know a ton about the players at the time, a little bit because I was collecting baseball cards, but not, like, I, I wasn't that aware of Jose Gonzalez at the time. I just knew he was fast. But it was cool that he, he scored the winning run. But so I was looking at, so this is September. So expanded rosters, um, in the Sunday series finale, uh, between the Dodgers and Mets, two Dodgers made their major league debut. Uh, both were outfielders. They both pinch hit on that Sunday game. Can you name them? I'm going to try to answer that question or maybe not. Maybe, maybe I might not do that. (laughs) I'll explain why after this, we're going to get an explicit tag. (laughs) <laughs> with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no no nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add up quick so i suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky play for free at luckylandslots.com are you feeling lucky no purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today. At LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Which two players made their ma- major league debut as Dodgers uh, in this series, uh, that you, first series that you remember attending? So I have a confession, Eric. You already know the confession. I cheated. So I looked at this question and I went, normally, even when you give me hard questions, there's like an inlet i have some way to figure it out or like i to have heard of the name or to be able to kind of guess the game name so i'm like okay um 85 debut this entirely possible these are two very relevant players on the (laughs) 88 world series team so i'm like and then i i'm like like uh didn't oral uh, debut a little earlier than that and i'm like kind of debating my mind and you gave me a hint afterwards that they were outfielders and outfielders. Uh, so I'm like, I'm like, uh, I know, uh, Alfredo Griffin, but I, I I knew, and I'm proud of this. I'm like, he came from the A's. I know that. So like, I know he wasn't uh, debuted there. Um, 
So I'm like, okay, I'm going to bring up the 88 roster and start fig- looking at the outfielders. And I'm like, and I cl- and I'm like, ah, maybe it's this guy and click and know that his debut was 81 or whatever. Uh, so then I just caved. Look at the 85 roster. Uh, so I believe the answers are um, uh, Jose Gonzalez. You're going to nope. no? Well, no. I, I just told you he made. He was in a second major league game in that Saturday game. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, and then I, uh, Stu Peterson yes. is the other. I got that. Jock's dad. So, so, uh, so I, I uh, I'm not gonna say it on the air because I, I, I certainly don't swear. But I did send you a very uh, crudely worded text message once I figured out the names you were expecting me to guess. Well, so in, in fairness to me, I thought there was relevance, um, mostly because one of the names I was I was certain that uh, we had done a Dodgers rewind on before, and I looked it up and oh wait, we have it. So like, <laughs> <laughs> but like I was trying to remember how I brought him up because I thought for sure I would have brought him up at some point. Uh, but the other one was Ralph Bryant. Um, okay. So he was like. There was a lot of Dodgers prospects in the 80s who were like put up big numbers in Albuquerque and then they flamed out because <laughs> no, nobody realized like, um, you know, park factors and stuff like that, or at least the public didn't. Um, but his big year was like in double A San Antonio in 84, and he had a pretty good year in 85, but nothing like that double A year. But anyway, um, he ended up later, he hit 249 homers in like eight years in Japan, just, just absolutely killed it over there. So that was like his sort of baseball calling. Um, Stu Peterson only um, uh, had five plate appearances that September with the Dodgers. He played eight games. He was 0 for 4, but he did have a sacrifice fly, so he drove in a major league run. And he also uh, he had a son who has played a long time for the Dodgers, so good for him. I will say this. When I interviewed John Shoemaker in spring training 2019, he managed both Stu and Jock Peterson in the Dodgers minors because he's been around forever. Um, so I asked him about both. And I'll just, I didn't, this didn't make the story, but I still have it in my notes. So I'm going to share this. This is his John Shoemaker story from um, Stu Peterson um, in 1982. He said, I saw him for a whole season in 1982. He was hitting 344, trying to beat Ty Ganey for the batting title. He was in the clubhouse in Daytona Beach. I believe this was at Vero Beach uh, that year. Um, And uh, he's got the Art of Hitting book by Ted Williams stuffed down his pants. He's looking in the mirror, trying to get that swing right, trying to make himself trying to better himself from a 344 hitter. That told me this guy would do everything he could to be a good ball player, and I feel like that's what Jock does too. So I thought that was a cool quote. And then just as a um, sort of addendum to this, Stu Peterson ended up hitting 336 that year. It was 1982. Ty Ganey, he was an outfielder for the uh, Daytona Peach in the Astros system. He hit 341, so Ganey ended up winning the bad title. But it was close, and I thought that was a neat little story to that. I'm excited for Dodgers Rewind. Yeah. So now if I bring up a trivia question later that has this person, I'll say, hey, we did do a Dodgers Rewind. Uh-huh. Um, so Bobby Castillo, um, the reason I brought him up is because I was going just randomly. I picked out an old, like, I, I believe it was 1985 Fleer update. I was just, I wanted to see what the Dodgers were in there. And Bobby Castillo was one of the cards. And then I happened to look. I was also looking at these old uh, – okay, well, I'll get to the baseball cards in a minute. But that's that's how I sort of stumbled across Bobby Castillo for this week. Um, so his his sort of claim to fame – he pitched for the Dodgers for a little bit. But 
his claim to fame was that he taught Fernando Valenzuela the screwball. So, like, that's a pretty big thing. Not to discount, like, what Bobby Castillo actually did because he had his own, you know, career too. Um, but, they're, like, it's kind of legendary, like, how it's all interconnected. Um, um, it's kind of like the, the scouting trip that, like, Logan White took to Mexico um, to go, like, uh, sign Puig. Then they, like, found Urias on the same trip. You know, that, that sort of, like, level of talent, even though, obviously, like, Bobby Castillo isn't Fernando, but it's still, like, kind of funny how it turns out this way. So, Castillo, he's an L.A. kid, like, born and raised, went to Lincoln High, L.A. Valley College. Um, he gets drafted by the Royals in 74. He ends up getting, like, cut in 76. So, he's, like, out of organized baseball. He goes, and he was playing in a semi-pro league. I'm going to read this from the LA Times. This is from uh, uh, Bob Castillo. actually passed away in 2014. This is from his obituary in the LA Times. Uh, cut by the Royals, the right-hander was pitching in a semi-pro game in Boyle Heights in 1976 when he had the very good fortune of striking out Mike Brito on a screwball. The lives of Castillo, Brito, and eventually Valenzuela and the Dodgers would never be the same. Brito, a former Mexican League player, turned, out, turned scout, signed Castillo to pitch in the Mexican League, and in a short time, uh, Dodgers general manager Al Campana signed Brito as a scout and Castillo to pitch. That led Brito to signing Va- Valenzuela out of the Mexican League to the Dodgers. So, like, like imagine if um, uh, Bobby Castillo hadn't struck out Mike Brito on this awesome screwball. You, like, probably, who knows what would have happened. But that's that's kind of funny how that sort of happened. So, Castillo was with the Dodgers for two stints. He was in relief with the Dodgers from 77 to 81. He pitched in the 81 World Series a little bit. Um, and then back in 85, in between, he went to the Twins, and he was a starter, and he, he actually had his best years in Minnesota. His He made 57 career starts. 50 of those were with the Twins. Um, with the Dodgers, he had a 91 ERA plus, a 389 ERA, almost about 287 innings. Uh, all but seven of his games were in relief. Um so his best season in L.A. was 1980. He had a 275 ERA, um, a 129 ERA plus in 98 innings. He led the Dodgers in relief innings and with 60 strikeouts, which, you know, different era. But he also walked 45 because, you know, whatever, different time. He led the Dodgers in saves in 1979. My trivia for you is how many saves did Bobby Castillo have in 1979 when he led the team? 28. <laughs> I will, I will give you a big hint, not even close, and it's much it's much lower. Thirteen. Uh, you're still high. <laughs> Nine. Clock game. We're playing clock game. <laughs> lower. Eight. Lower. Seven. Yes. So the the Dodgers actually saved 34 games that year. Bobby Castilla saved seven. Somebody named Dave Patterson saved six. Bob Welch, who started 12 games, saved five. Laren Legro saved four. Jerry Royce saved three. Wow. Like, uh, anyway, um, Ken Brett, Joe Beckwith, and Terry Forster saved two. Don Sutton saved one in his only non start. Jerry Hannes and Lance uh, Routson also saved one. So they spread it around um, that year. Um, but yeah, I just thought that was uh, kind of funny and like it was a ridiculously low title or uh, total for that. The other sort of fun thing, um, or not fun, it's just a weird thing. Um, 1981 World Series game one, Jerry Royce got pull, uh, pulled very early, and uh, Castillo sort of came in to like uh, you know stem the tide a little bit. 
he walked he came in uh down in the third uh down four nothing one out he walked one of the three batters he faced but nobody scored and then he came out again for the fourth castillo did and he walked four of his six batters walking in a run amazingly those that's the only run that scored so and he was pulled so his his line for the game was one inning one run five walks <laughs> uh, in world series history that's the fewest outs recorded by any pitcher with five walks the the closest to him was five outs by uh, paul derringer of the cubs in game seven in 1945 uh so yeah that's kind of weird it uh bobby castillo only pitched in three playoff games for the dodgers um 360 ADRA, it was like seven innings, but one of them was a long mop-up duty, also in relief of Jerry Royce, who got shelled in 1985 in LCS. So very weird connection those two had. But So the reason I, I uh, pulled Castillo was because of his baseball cards, and I was looking through, and I have quite a few. I think most of his like tops cards I have. But the funniest one, or not funny, there's just the set is all weird. It's this... Um, uh, the, the, for a series like uh, late 70s, early 80s, the L.A. Police Department put out baseball cards, and they're, like, very weird. Uh, weird. And they have, like, a some of them have an inspirational message on the back, but it's, like, framed as a quote from the player. So for I'm just going to read you. This is from 1981. The L.A. – it was uh, – let me just say uh, – the LAPD salutes the 1981 Dodgers is how they – worded the cards but on the back it says uh well first of all it's robert castillo he was called in this even though the other stuff called him bobby um robert castillo asks does it ever does it ever enter your mind to shoplift to steal sure you may get away with it the first time maybe the next time too but sooner or later you're going to get caught and you'll see your whole world fall apart don't let shoplifting ruin your life give yourself a break and go by the rules (laughs) so (laughs) Imagine like getting these cards and you're just, it, some of them are even, I, we, we should, we, we might have to do an episode later on the rest of them. Cause I haven't gone through all, I have like four years of these, so it might be kind of funny. Um, the other thing is, is 1982 tops card notes that, um, he played, uh, oh, it says one of the Dodgers top relievers, Bobby had distinction of playing outfield on September 10th, 1980. I looked at this game. This was the Dodgers were in a pennant race with the Astros. Um, they were they were up a game on the Astros with about four weeks left. This game was in Houston against the Astros. This were expanded rosters, but the Dodgers had used sixteen position players already in the game, and so in the eleventh inning, um, Castillo started the inning in right field, and then he and Dusty Baker kept switching off. Uh, left and right field, and they switched five times in seven batters. So uh, Castillo got no plays out in the field, but Dusty Baker did uh, catch a ball and throw a guy out at the plate, uh, the potential winning run to end the 11th. But the Astros ended up winning that game uh, on a walk-off home run at the end, so that was kind of a, a fun thing. And then the only other sort of noteworthy thing on the back of his baseball cards was um, 19, excuse me, 1981 Top says, was inspired to pitch by his baseball hero, Sandy Koufax. So like I said, L.A. LA guy, um, born and raised. He ended up dying in Los Angeles, too. Uh, he worked in the community service uh, department or, like, with the Dodgers, did all sorts of community things in L.A. for, like, decades after he pitched. So uh, pretty much just a local L.A. person who dreamed of pitching at Dodger Stadium, and he did, so good for him. He had a, he had a nice career. And now it's time for... With Jeans and Greg. We love it. Five questions, questions. <laughs> wow. We love it. Yeah. <laughs> questions from 
uh, our friend Craig. The first question, as it has been the last few weeks, is a Simpsons question. For my Simpsons question, tell me your favorite non-Simpson family, non-Simpson family, duo or group. Examples are Burns and Smithers, Principal Skinner and Superintendent Chalmers, Lenny and Carl, or the the bullies, Jimbo, Kearney, Dolphin, Nelson. Uh, Principal Skinner and Superintendent Chalmers have had a resurgence in their popularity due to the uh, prevalence of the steamed hams meme, which which is nice to see. From one of my my favorite episodes, uh, 22 short short films about Simpsons. Do you have an answer to this? If I had to pick... I. My instinct is probably it might it might just it might be Skinner and Chalmers only and not for that episode per se although that's a great episode and they're great but I just I just love the Skinner like <laughs> the way it's like it's just great I love it uh, I I was mulling this over trying to think of like a more hipster answer uh, but mm. I think it's probably just Burns and Smithers yeah um, I mean they're great like, the just, when the writers. He, you hear writers get interviewed. Conan did a, a bit with a old writers room people, or if you listen to the commentary, when asked who is your favorite character to write for, they almost all unanimously pick Mr. Burns because it lets them do old people jokes and it lets them kind of do evil jokes, which are all really great. And it really comes through, I think in, in most of the great Burns moments. So the, the also just like the interplay between them, like Smithers is so like meek, but like also very loyal. But then like they're just the the some of the deliveries of the lines are wonderful. Like the uh, when he's donating asked about donating money when pigs fly, and he's like, "Will you be donating that money, sir? <laughs> uh, I'd rather not." You want me to write check note, and, and especially yeah. when you realize it's Shearer talking to Shearer. Oh right, so God, I forgot about that. Yeah, and there's a I think I think Conan again a really great clip. Uh, of sheer doing the interplay uh, wow. b- with himself. So that's good. I believe Eric is a fan of the old game show channel. If yes. you two could be a contestant on any of those shows, match game, the $20,000 pyramid, pressure luck, price is right. What would it be? And why? So I, I, I like the fact that Craig chose $20,000 pyramid because that <laughs> game has been, there's so many iterations of that game. Like, it, it always depends on when you're watching because it could be the $64,000 pyramid. It could be like, you know, the hundred or whatever. But so uh, my my favorite television game show um, was always Press Your Luck. Um, I've watched The Price is Right more than any game show, I think. Um, I think Jeopardy's probably closer, close to that, um, maybe. But um, I like, I think I like Press Your Luck more. And I'm not like I'm obviously it would I don't know what rules were going by. I'm not saying I would have devoted the time that that um, that one gentleman did in like 1985, <laughs> but I would have been the guy to memorize the, the the board and then like just figure out a way to solve it like that. I'm, I'm sure had I got on the game, I would have obsessed to it to something of that level, but we'll see. But I think, yeah, press your luck. I loved it. I loved the whammies. They were ridiculous. And um but like um, Price is Right a second. I was actually in the audience for Price is Right once in college. I went with my sister and her husband, and we didn't get picked. Um, the people in front of us did get picked. Um, I think I forgot what they won. But um, my older sister, um, or my oldest sister, I should say, um, she was on the Price is Right. I think it was December 1982. I found the video clip of this. I have it somewhere. It's fun. She she was like one of the first people picked. Um, 
and then she she won um, one of the bids, and then I believe she lost her game, and then she won a cedar chest, which I believe she still has to this day. Um, so yeah, those are the two I would say. But yeah, press your luck for sure. But close second is Price is Right. So pr- Price is Right, especially if it was still the Bob Barker era. Although Drew Carey does a fine job. Have you seen the documentary on the 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 perfect bid documentary? Uh, I haven't. No, I don't think I have. I think I've read about it a lot, but like, I, don't, I don't think I've it's, seen it. It's yeah. worth your worth your time. It's it's For sure. it's fascinating yeah. uh, on uh, the the drama behind the perfect bid that happened on the Price is Right. So I want to be a contestant on Jeopardy at some point in my life. Um, yeah. but I, it doesn't quite have the same feel as an old timing game show. Um, if I could be a panelist on the Match Game, that would be fun. So yeah, I was gonna mention that I didn't get into Match Game till later, but man, those shows are fun to watch. Like th- those people were like, well, first of all, they're most of them were drunk. <laughs> but like it was just at least hilarious. at yeah. least alcohol yeah. going in the system, and probably and, and like but then, a variety yeah, of goofballs. I, yeah, so um, I would say growing up, I watched a lot of um, game shows on USA uh, after school when I stayed at my grandma's, like waiting for my mom to get off work and. Uh, there were old episodes of, or I guess Press Your Luck was still running, but like, there were, like, God, what was it? Sale of the Century was on, like, uh, Scrabble was, was a great Supermarket TV game show. Sweep. Yeah, I didn't, I wasn't, that, that was a little later, but I didn't really get into it. But there were also old episodes of Face the Music, <laughs> which is a weird show, and, then, and also Name That Tune. Um, so yeah, I watched a ton of like that. Also, I was just like, oh, and also Tic Tac Toe, Tic Tac Doe, and Joker's Wild were fun too. Um, so yeah, I, I was all about the game shows growing up. You, you especially, I think, would be good as a, a panelist on uh, on Match Game. It's it's you're fun. basically just making jokes nonstop. Oh, for sure. And you yeah. gotta have you know you gotta have whatever the hell Brett Summer was having. So. <laughs> Uh, he has a follow-up to this. If you were on a celebrity partner game show, Password or Pyramid, uh, who would your ideal celebrity partner be? So if if we could, like, you know, bring back someone who's dead, I would say Paul Lind, um, just for his appearances on the match game in Hollywood Squares and stuff. He was always funny. Uh, I, like, if it was today, I would probably say Paul F. Tompkins. Oh, okay. Um like, uh, you know, I just you know him from his comedy and, uh, like, every podcast. Um, but, like, he, he did a lot of, like, uh, Doug Loves movies uh, over the years. And, like, he, he seems pretty competitive. He's done um, – uh, Jimmy Pardo used to host Match Game at, uh, like, UCB and stuff. Um, he did a lot of that. Um, yeah, and he's just generally a great improviser, really funny. Uh, I think that would he would be a fun person to be with. I think I would have to go with someone of the classic era. So if yeah. I'm sticking myself to that, uh, I, re- I remember generally being impressed by both Betty White and Nips, uh, Nipsey Russell. So oh yeah, those would be nice. I think my my answers. Mm-hmm. Third question: In 1967, Johnny Roseboro had the lowest total uh, B WAR 2.7 that led the LA Dodgers for that season, and yes, this includes the two trike seasons. If the, if the Dodgers played, let's say, 100 games this year, name a Dodger position player that will top B-War. If more than one, please pick your player. So uh, I didn't look this up or anything, but I have to assume Piazza was certainly above 2.7 in 94, and also Fernando had to be uh, up 
for his 81 year as well. Um, but like, okay, so this year, I mean, it's really one of two choices. Uh, and I think I would pick Mookie Betts. But it's it's a close one between him and Bellinger. You write this down because we're going to get more than 100 games somehow. I'll, okay. I'll say Bellinger. Okay. So, oh yeah. Write it so down. we actually have a we have a bet to to uh, consider. I like it. Um, bets for E Bellinger <laughs> for J. All right. While major league baseball games might eventually take place, it does seem doubtful any minor league games could take place given the travel and additional expenses. But you would need at least your 40 band and maybe two dozen more players to stay ready. What are your ideas for how teams could do that at the likely spring training sites? I mean, that's just kind of it. I think we're probably going to end up having some sort of expanded active rosters anyway, but like not to the point of like 40, but maybe like 30 something. Um, you know, who knows what's going to like, it's going to be weird. Um, and also you have to account for like, you know, if people start like test positive and they have to get quarantined and be out for two weeks or whatever, uh, who knows what's going to happen there. But yeah, so I think it's just that like uh, less likely to have minor league games because it's just you're introducing more elements of like uh, gatherings, even though if there's no fans. Um, but I think you just have everyone at the spring training complex, basically, and you organize it from there. Keep everyone ready in a reasonable fashion. Uh, and I think that's probably like the, the best bet, but, uh, it's really like a, a guessing game at this point. And finally, which of the following fast food, fast casual meals are you most likely to create at home right now? Pizza, burgers, fri- burger and fries, Mexican food, hot wings, or something similar? I guess Mexican food is probably the, 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 the quickest or the most likely to, um, I made carnitas yesterday, and I I, I made a I made um, homemade salsa over the uh, previously, so that was good. Um, uh, I, I I don't really make pizza like at home. I, that's something I'll I'll buy. I I could make a burger today. I actually uh, to get rid of some of the potatoes I had. I I just made like potato wedges essentially in the mm-hmm. oven. Uh, so I guess that's fried. I don't really have fries. I guess, but yeah, Mexican's probably the answer for me. Uh, burgers for sure as it's yeah. the, of this list the the one i've actually done i've yeah. been making we've we bought a bunch of chicken frozen chicken burger patties and they've been great um melissa's having a hard time having red meat while being pregnant so we've largely stuck to poultry yeah um but they've been really really good and it happens that the way melissa we normally buy sweet potatoes but we um got a few regular potatoes just for change things up and the way she had been making fries is almost exactly reminiscent of In-N-Out fries. So oh. it definitely filled a, a happy void in my heart. And, and, you, and you can make sure that they're fully cooked through so you don't get garbage fries, which is like the, the, the one sort of uh, risk that you take with In-N-Out fries is that they're either really good or terrible. Like there's <laughs> there's there, no one says, you know what, In-N-Out fries are pretty average. Like it's either... I I want to kill you for bringing them up, or yes, they're they're, they're so great. But yeah, you're right. Yeah, Bur- burgers are great. Uh, it's they're good to have, whether turkey or ground beef or whatever you have. Yeah. So I love it. That's the episode this week. Do you did you remember what we're doing next week? <sighs> no. So I, I was going to look it up. I didn't look it up. Okay. So uh, I'll, I'm going to do a little teaser. We, you and I are going to make our major leagueiest rosters of the Dodgers. Oh yeah. Now I remember. Yeah. That's a good We're going to try to, in the spirit of your favorite movie, 
uh, Major League, we're going to try to construct a Dodgers roster that fits that spirit. And we're going to do that next week. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. And just remember, if you don't like it, cross them off the list. 